Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Romans, chapter 12. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. When the Bible talks about the body of Christ, the Bible is talking about the universal body of Christ. All believers in Jesus Christ, whether you're in Africa or Apex, whether you're in India or another I state. (laughs) It's one body. Are you listening? And it's not the black body of Christ. Hello. And it's not the white body of Christ. Hello. How unfortunate is that when the body of Christ segregates because of the color of their skin? I've told you a thousand times, I love to tell you. The one thing I love about this church, you just look to your right, you look to your left, you look behind you, you look in front of you. And there are all kinds of people in this room right now. There's black folks and white folks and Hispanic folks and people from India. There are all kinds of people. That's the body. That's the body. We're the body of Christ, and it's an organism. It's not an organization. The body of Christ is a living organism. God is the builder and the designer, and he has fitted us together, and we are forever, we belong to the Lord, and we also are members and belong to each other. Well, then notice Paul goes on in verses 6 through 8. We just read it, and it tells us how we're connected. How are we members? Well, listen, we are members and we are connected because of spiritual gifts. Did you see that in verse six? Go ahead and look at it again, which brings us to point number two, our responsibility in the church. Now, please note this. Please get this. Having gifts, notice Paul says, differing according to the grace that is given to us. Saints, this is probably the biggest single problem in the church. We fail to realize that we have gifts that are differing. And everyone doesn't have the same gift. God has given each one of us a gift. When you become a Christian, are you listening? God has given you a gift. I believe it's the moment that you become a Christian. Now, don't confuse gifts and talents. Because some people have just talents. They are talented. But what we're talking about are spiritual gifts that God gives to people. And I find too often as a pastor, I find people are dissatisfied with the gift that God has given them because they look at the gift that God has given somebody else and they say, I want to do that. Isn't that true? You know, I would tell you something. If you are frustrated with your gifting, you're probably trying to do something that God has not called you to do. And if you are stagnant, in your gifting, it's probably because you haven't done what God has called you to do. 
People are frustrated in their gifting. That's because they're striving. The Bible says a servant of the Lord must not strive. If God has gifted you to something, you know, we talk about where God guides, he provides. Listen, if God has called you to do something, he's going to provide you with the gifting and the tools and the resources to get it done. And you won't be striving. I really believe that. If the Bible tells us the servant of the Lord must not strive, then God's not going to lead you to a ministry of which you have to strive with it. And if you're striving with it, you're probably not doing what God wants you to do. Somebody say amen. amen. I know it's hot in here, but somebody say amen. amen. You know what I tell you when it's hot. Thank God you're a Christian. <laughs> amen. You think this is hot. If you don't know Jesus, stand up right now. (laughs) We're striving in our gifting. Now, you'll find more gifts. Listen, you'll find all the gifts of the Spirit. Matter of fact, if you want an in-depth teaching on the gifts of the Spirit, you can pick up our CD uh, teaching series on the gifts. It's called Keeping the Balance, and you can pick it up in the bookstore. But what you will find, if you're a note taker, you write this down. Here in Romans chapter 12... Verses 6 through 8, you find seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you will find nine additional gifts of the Holy Spirit. And then in Ephesians chapter 4, you will find five gifts of the Spirit listed. It's where you'll find all the gifts in the Bible. So people ask me all the time, Pastor Rodney, are you guys spirit-filled believers? Somebody asked me just a couple weeks ago, well, I, you know, I heard of that Calvary Chapel place over there, and uh, I've been listening to you on the radio, and uh, are you guys spirit-filled believers? I told them, absolutely. You see, the Bible says if you're not spirit-filled, you do not belong to God. Now, what people mean when they say, are you spirit-filled, they're actually asking you, do you speak in tongues in your service? Do you have the visible manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit in your sanctuary gatherings? This is what they really mean. Is there a word of prophecy going forth? Is there a word of knowledge going forth? Is there tongues and the interpretation of tongues? People have said, you know, I visited your service, Pastor, and I don't really, I don't really get Calvary Chapel. What, what's up with you guys? I mean, you guys are kind of weird. I mean, Baptist people have said, you know, Calvary, Calvary Chapel, are you guys Pentecostal? I mean, you guys lifting up your hands and dancing. I mean, not in the sanctuary, but in other events. Are you guys Pentecostal, Baptist people say? Pentecostals say, well, man, you guys strike me as a little Baptist. I mean, man, you guys are dead, man. I mean, you know, there's no speaking in tongues. There's no, you know, jumping over the pews, dancing in the spirit. You know, you guys seem a little dead. What are you guys at Calvary Chapel? And I tell them, you know... I think we're kind of Bapticostal. <laughs> I mean, a little bit of this and a little bit of that, you know, we, we try to keep the balance. Amen, saints? We try to keep the balance in the services. And by the way, listen, just because you don't see or hear somebody audibly in a sanctuary stand up and speak in tongues, it doesn't mean that no one is in the sanctuary speaking in tongues. As a matter of fact, I know people in this room right now that have the gift of tongues, that even doing worship, they may be right now speaking in tongues. Hopefully they're not and listening to what I have to say. (laughs) But they have a gift, and so you can exercise that gift. Why is it that we think we have a gift and we have to exercise it loudly? The Bible says a gift is subject to the prophet. 
In other words, you can control your, well, Pastor, I just had to speak out. I'm sorry, I had to speak out. I just couldn't help myself. I was at the grocery store in the line buying some baked beans, and I had to speak in tongues. (laughs) Why? Well, it just was coming up out of me. I couldn't help it. I'm like, yeah, you can help it because it's a gift God has given to you. Therefore, you're in control of it. You don't have to speak out. And you can even speak softly if you like. So just because you don't see someone standing up or you, where's the gift of prophecy? Well, just because somebody doesn't stand up and say, thus saith the Lord. I came from a church background like that. Where every single Sunday, you know, you were just waiting because you knew it was coming. <laughs> or, you know, you, and it was you, generally the same person every week. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody awake? Okay, good. It's generally the same person every single week. You know, it's like, uh, you know, they get up, thus saith the Lord. God is going to judgeth thou and consumeth thou like the caterpillar. What? And I don't understand why this gift of prophecy has to come out in the King James language. As if you got the gift, you have to speak in Elizabethan English. And if you, you know, you can't speak in NIV. It's not real prophecy if you just speak in NIV. It has to be in the Queen's English. Thus saith the Lord. And it's just like, wait a minute, dude, am I the only one that sees these things as just a little bit strange? That's all. That's all. I'm just, and I'm, I take what I see and we've got to filter it through the word of God. And we determine our practice based on the word, not based on our feelings. So yes, we are spirit filled. Yes, we do believe in every single one of the gifts. Talking about the gifts, Paul, quickly look at verse six. He brings to us the gift, first of all, of prophecy, the gift of prophecy. Now, understand something, saints. Listen, there is a difference between Old Testament prophets. Are you listening? There's a difference between Old Testament prophets and New Testament prophets. In the Old Testament, God had his prophets doing some very interesting things. He told Isaiah to walk around for three years naked and preach. I'm thanking God I don't have that gift. (laughs) Y'all don't want to see that. Trust. (laughs) I mean, you know, and and, and having prophets, you know, cook their meals over cow manure. It's like, goodness, God, give us a break. The Old Testament prophets are different than the New Testament prophets. The Old Testament prophets, listen, they were largely, write this down if you're taking notes, they were largely foretelling or predictive in nature, predicting the future or calling people back to God in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, it wasn't so much foretelling as it was, watch this, forthtelling the mind and the heart of God. The New Testament prophets were forthtelling. So this gift of prophecy is to be exercised in the church. And notice what Paul says in verse six. He says that this gift is to be exercised according to, it says in King, New King James, our faith. That's better translated, the faith. Listen, the faith. 
This doesn't mean according to how much faith you have to prophesy. This means according to the Christian faith. In other words, listen, everything you hear should match and be weighed against God's word and the teaching of scripture and Christian truth. Everything you hear, you should weigh it through the word of God, through the faith, the teaching of the word of God. So somebody comes and gives you a prophecy. You see what the scriptures have to say about that. Before you act, before you do anything. You know, I get a lot of emails and a lot of mail from people who say they are prophets of God. And quite honestly, I will tell you, yes, they they are prophets of God, and some of them are false prophets. Because there's a lot of weirdness and a lot of things going on in the church today. Weird things people are saying in the name of God. If somebody gives you a prophecy, listen, weigh it against the scriptures, weigh it against the teaching of of the word of God. Notice the next gift, and we're just touching on those. Again, I have an in-depth study in keeping the balance. We'll just touch on these gifts. Notice ministry. Are you looking at it in verse 7? Ministry. Now, the word ministry, listen, means to serve. It means to serve. When people tell me that they're called to ministry, I say, great, get the vacuum cleaner. (laughs) Well, wait a minute. What I meant, Pastor, was whenever you feel like you need to be absent from the pulpit... I'm called to ministry. Really? Okay. So you're called to ministry. Yeah. You're called to teach. Yeah. Well, Miss Claire needs some teachers in the children's ministry. Well, now, 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 now. Wait a minute, Pastor. I'm called to teach from the pulpit. Well, wait a minute now. You mean to tell me you want to teach from the pulpit, but you can't go in and teach God's people who are just smaller than you? Why is it that people feel like this is the only place of ministry? Let me tell you, this pulpit is a fraction of my ministry. This is the the gravy. This is the fun stuff. Ministry starts when I'm done today. This, I just get to come and share with you what God has shared with me. And this is the wonderful piece. We are called to minister, to do whatever it takes to further the kingdom. That's ministry, serving, vacuum the floors, serve the kids, change the poopy diapers. You know, Miss Claire mentioned you need to pray about ministry to the kids. Listen, I got to tell you something. I, I don't necessarily agree with that. And what I mean by this, you don't need to pray about, Lord, if they have a need to get the back, the floor vacuumed, do, I need, do you need to pray about getting the vacuum cleaner going? At home, do you pray about, well, maybe some of y'all do. Do you actually go to prayer and fasting and contrition to clean the kitchen? Well, maybe some of y'all do. I don't think you need to pray about the sparkle crew. They, they just clean up at third, after third service. The kids walk out of there. The sparkle crew, they come by and clean up and sparkle and make the place look nice and pretty and cute. And you don't have to pray about getting involved in that. That's just ministry. You don't need to pray about that. And notice the gift of ministry also in the Bible is connected with the gift of helps. The gift of helps. Also teaching. Look at that. 
in verse 7, teaching. Now, the gift of teaching is the ability to interpret, to clarify, and to explain God's word in a way that is relevant and understandable. And listen, you can have one gift of teaching. Listen, watch this. You can have one gift of teaching that operates differently in different people. For example, one person may have the gift of teaching and has the ability to speak to large crowds. And other people, someone else may have the gift of teaching and they're better to speak, speak in smaller groups. And others may have the gift of teaching, but they do it best one-on-one. And then some may have the gift of teaching and they're good writers and novelists and they can teach you through writing. You see, it's all the gift of teaching just operating differently in different people. And then you have the gift of exhortation Paul talks about. That's the Greek word parakaleo. I love that word. It sounds like the Greek word paraclete. And that speaks to what, saints? The Holy Spirit. That word means to come alongside, to encourage, the gift of exhortation, and to strengthen by consolation. So someone with the gift of exhortation comes alongside to help. And oftentimes the gift of teaching and the gift of exhortation or encouragement, they also work together. And notice it's the gift of encouragement, not the gift of discouragement. Amen. Amen. You know, I know people will come up to you and say, brother, I'm coming to encourage you. I'm going to tell you something about yourself. That's not an encouragement. Some people have the gift of condemnation. No. It's the gift of exhortation. And then notice in your Bibles again, the gift of giving. Are you looking at it? These are people who love to give to the kingdom. They see the work of God and the kingdom advance. They love to see that. They love to give to missions and things that go with furthering the kingdom. And people with the gift of giving, listen, they don't want recognition. They don't want credit for it. They don't go to the offering boxes on the back wall and clear their throat as they're putting their check in. (coughs) Somebody's watching. You go. (coughs) No, they just give. And that's another thing I love about this church. People just give. Did you notice we don't take up an offering here at Calvary Chapel? Did y'all notice that? Now, if you're a visitor, generally visitors who just come first time, they, they come up, meet me, pastor, I loved it, loved the sermon, but they try to give me a check. They say, you, you forgot to take up an offering. Here you go, pastor. And I try to say, did you make it out to Rodney Fish? I mean, I, I mean um, yeah, we, we don't take up an offering here at Calvary Chapel. I said that. I was on the radio and t- said, and I, I got so many comments from people I mean, literally calling me, emailing me. You mean to tell me y'all don't take up an offering? I said, no. They said, well, how do you get the bills paid? I said, we don't. (laughs) They said, oh, well, then you're a bad witness, brother. You're a bad witness. I went, no, we don't get the bill. You don't get the bills paid. No. Who does? The Lord. They go, the Lord. Well, certainly you have to do something. I'm like, no. If you walk by faith and trust the Lord, we put the boxes on the back wall so people can give liberally and cheerfully. And you can give and you don't, ha- you don't have to give. God's work will never cease because you decided to hold on to your check. Somebody need to say amen. People think if I don't give a check, 
the church going to close down. <laughs> the Bible says he owns a cattle of a thousand hills, on a thousand hills. And, and I've been trusting the Lord a long time. I showed up to North Carolina trusting God a long time ago. God told me, you trust me and I'll take care of all of your needs. Amen. We have never taken up an offering in this church, ever. And do you know, God, every single week, he puts the money in the boxes. Let me tell you something. I got to tell you this really, really quickly. I got to tell you something. I don't think I've ever told this to our church. I had a vision when we got here. We used to have our church in a trailer, and there used to be some back windows to this trailer. And I had a vision one night. And I looked out over this three-acre property. Some of y'all remember the trailer. I looked over this three, out the window of this three-acre property, and I saw people standing in twos all over the property. There were hundreds of pairs of twos all over the property. In the spirit, I came back into that sanctuary. It was a double-car garage. Was anybody around there with me then? All right, three or four of y'all. All right. Well, then you know this is true. It was a double-car garage converted to a sanctuary. And I saw people standing in twos. I came back in the spirit into the sanctuary. We had these speakers. We didn't have an elaborate sound system. We had no money. And we had these speakers that we used to put on the floor, and they were little heavy amplified speakers, and they were big. And, and I saw inside of those speakers, they were filled with checks and cash. And I woke up and I said to Elvira, I said, the Lord just showed me that we are never going to want for people and we will never want for money. That God will take care of everything that we need. Do you know, is that the best clapping y'all can do for that? Is that the best clapping you can do? Do you know? Now listen to this. I'm trying to wrap it up here. Now listen to this. The week after that, I, I even told the guy who was doing administration at the time, I said, God told me we we're going to have everything we need, plenty of money, never going to be a problem, everything's great. Do you know the week after that, the guy who was doing administration, they collected the offering, and the following Sunday's offering was $58. <laughs> That's how I felt. <laughs> the guy came to me, he said, he says, well, there's only $58 in the offering. And I said, something must be wrong. <laughs> You've got to go back and revisit that, brother. I know what God told me. And you know, honestly, I can tell you, I can tell you this. God has been faithful. And that, that dream, that's why we never took up an offering. That's, that's why. And God has been faithful, and he continues to be faithful to this church. We never had a lot of advertisement. We don't invite everybody that's here right now. And you were bought here by somebody because we trust the Lord, because we believe in the Lord, because we lean on the Lord. And I'll tell you something. When you look to the Lord, you will never be disappointed. You'll never be disappointed. Yeah, I'll wait. That's OK. I will wait. So now, listen, I got to wrap this up. So I'm going to tell you. You see the other gifts? You see the other gifts? He who leads with diligence and shows mercy? Um, you go find out what that is. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> leadership, 
is leadership. He who leads, do it with diligence. There's a gift of leadership. And there's a gift of mercy. My wife has that gift. And when I get sick, she's like, oh, honey, are you okay? Let me, can I offer you some prayer, some Tylenol? And honey, can I get you some juice? What do you need? And because I, I, I got to be honest, I'm a big baby when I get sick. But most ladies say men are. Is that right, ladies? Yes. <laughs> Y'all like, yes. Yes. <laughs> and they say, but wait, but, and I honestly have to admit, when I get sick, I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm going to die. So, honey, you just have a head cold. Yeah, but it could kill me. And she's so merciful. And, you know, when she gets sick, honestly, I mean, I, you know, I say, honey, can I get you some juice or some Tylenol and some prayer? And, you know, honey, after I get you Tylenol, would you get up and make me some chicken? <laughs> I, have, I have a little mercy. I'm kind of halfway on the mercy thing. And uh, I'm working on the gift. And, uh, but, you know, the Bible says, listen, I leave you with this. The Bible says, desire earnestly the best gift. What's the best gift? That's the gift that God has given you. Whatever it is God's called you to do, you use that gift. It's the best gift for you. We all have a gift. We need to serve one another. And if you're not using your gift, come on, quietly stand to your feet and take your friend's hand. Cross hands across the aisle, members of one another. If you're not using your gift, you're ripping that person off. You're ripping the church off. You need to use your gifts. For the glory of God. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at one 800 293 0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the media library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a song.